Welcome to episode 15 of the Empowering Ability Podcast. Welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast, where we get you and your loved ones impacted by disability the information needed to live a full and meaningful life. Now here's your host, Eric Gall. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast. This is your host, Eric Gall. And next week, we get back into our mini-series on housing. So I just want to remind everybody that there is a free workbook on the Empowering Ability website on creating your home. So go on over to empoweringability.org and get that free download, and it's going to help you to create your vision and help you start to implement your home. So go on over to the website and check that out. And this week, we have an exciting guest. This week's guest is Wynne Kelly Charles. And Wynne is a woman that has cerebral palsy and has really defied the odds by becoming an author and having her book become a number one seller on Amazon. Uh, She was a competitor in the Kona Ironman Triathlon. Uh, She has her own company. She's an entrepreneur. She's a motivational speaker. So I think you're going to get a lot of value out of today's conversation with Wynn. Wynn shares the mindsets that she carries that have helped her reach the levels of success and help her to achieve what she's achieved so far in her life. And she also shares some of the advocacy that she spreads around the United States with uh, on the on her message on disability. And I think you're really going to enjoy that. So here's Wynn. Hey, Wynn. Welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. And for those of you who are hearing my story for the first time, one, I am a podcaster. Two, I am a disabled advocate who's living in the U.S., Aspen, Colorado, to be exact. But as Eric said before we started this call, I am Canadian at heart, believe it or not, because my mom was from Canada and never gave up her citizenship when she moved here to Aspen, Colorado. Yeah, fantastic. Well, when it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today, and uh, I would love to give you the opportunity to tell uh, the Empowering Ability audience about your story and a little bit about you. I mean, you've accomplished so many things so far um, in your life, so um, you know, and you've got a great story. So, so if you don't mind, let's hear your story. Sure, my story for those of you who don't know what Sam Halsey is. Cerebral palsy is a traumatic birth injury. I got that at birth. My birth was in 87. And no, it's not hereditary. No, it's not genetic. So I can't pass it on to my kids if I choose to have kids. And yes, my inner organs work the exact same way as a bold-bodied Person. Yeah, that's good to know for, for folks that aren't familiar with cerebral palsy. So how has uh, how has cerebral palsy impacted you on your journey so far? Cerebral palsy has impacted me in a way that you would least suspect. Cerebral palsy, um, like Lou Gehrig's disease, even though um, Lou Gehrig's disease that Stephen Hawking 
had or has doesn't affect the brain. Cerebral palsy affects the brain. So I have um, I have a severe, mild to moderate to severe case of cerebral palsy affecting both sides of my body. My left hand is so weak, so I'm opposite sides of the body. When it comes down to it, my left hand is weak, which means my right leg is weak. And um, over the course of my life, I've had 100 plus surgeries, but at the same time, cerebral palsy doesn't stop me. Wow, you're uh, an extremely resilient person to, uh, you know, carry the the attitude and the mindset that you that you do today um, with the advocacy work that that you do when um, after going through, you know, like you said, 100 different surgeries. So as a the the professional coach in me um, is always interested in in mindsets. And one of the things that I've uh, observed is with uh, families and uh, individuals uh, with a disability, often they're cast by society as, uh, you know, a, a burden or, um, you know, a cost, you know, not quick enough to keep up with the pace that things operate today. And they really cast this kind of victim or victimhood on, uh, on people with a disability. And um, it's interesting, you know, just talking with you, Wynn, I can tell that you don't carry that mindset. So can you talk to, to us a little bit about the approach that you take to life and the mindsets that really serve you to move down the path and do what you want to do in this world? Well, one, my mom didn't name me Win W-I-N, so no. Nothing, and that is my <laughs> biological grandmother's legal name. Her name was Winifred. She, um, Pauline Winifred, quite frankly, and she was a nurse up in Canada. And so basically, when they went to name me, they wanted to have a little family history. So they named me the shortened version of Winifred. And so Win is always been my legal name. And so that sets, that sets up something my mindset right there. Two, I was raised as if I had no disability. I was set up with able-bodied, typical, no typical kids in all my schooling, including my private schooling way back when, I was very lucky to have people in my life who understood disabilities even before I went to school. Um, my preschool and kindergarten teacher both had the special ed training before they met me. So by the time they met me, they're like, oh, this child is easy to deal with. One, she has a one-on-one aid. Two, she has the speaking capability. Three, I can assist her with the one-on-one aid wherever she wants to go. I Yeah, I love that. So it sounds like when you were put in an environment 
where you were looked at, you know, for the abilities that you had and you were held uh, capable by the people around you and you were treated as, you know, uh, ordinary to be able to participate in and get involved in the typical things that anybody else would at school. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And is that something that you would advocate for uh, to other families or, or parents looking to put their, their kid uh, into school? Yes, yes. And if they, um, if they can do it, homeschool them, homeschool kids or put them in alternative education. Because I think now with the, the way Americans going, um, and I don't want to get political here, but with the um, the way America's going, we're going to have a tough time and the system is getting tougher and tougher on the disabled little anyone. I could, I could see that. And uh, <laughs> for our listeners, don't worry, we won't drag this chat down into uh, talking about Donald Trump. So <laughs> there's enough people talking about that out in this world nope. right now. <laughs> that's enough. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the piece uh, around your name, Win. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing, and uh, I could see how that'd be extremely motivating. Um, so you're an author of seven books, uh, soon to be nine books. You're working on two. Yep. Um, yep. you're a podcaster. What you know mindset or what motivation did you have to go be you know not fall into victimhood and to be this awesome creator well after i published my first book um my first book came out not only did my friends my family my fan base bought it um it hit number one on amazon Two weeks after it came out, God knows how I did that. Wow! And so, I people started asking me, "How do you do all this with a disability?" And so I said, "Okay, if I get on a podcast at the time, I didn't even know what a podcast was, and explain I have cerebral palsy and everything else. People are going to have a pity party for me." And they're going to literally tune me out and not want to hear me. So I thought about, it. I thought, why not, why not interview influential learners that I want to interview and infuse my story with them? Well, at the time, I came up with the concept of wins, women of wisdom, and tried to make it on YouTube. I literally had a fan tell me. And I remember the quote to this day. And this fan's name is Laura. And she's a fashion stylist. And working out of Miami, I believe. Miami, Florida. And she said to me, I can't download the audio as I'm multitasking. But I really, really want to listen to you and what you have to say. And so I'm thinking, oh, great. Here goes my YouTube show. Straight out the door. <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not getting the traction. People are not listening to it because they can't multitask while listening to it. And so I, as a matter of fact, before we got on this 
interview, I got a text this morning, and my text this morning, Mesa Diaz, was, I was cleaning my kitchen and listening to your podcast. So fast forward from the YouTube days where people weren't seeing me, now I get over 40,000 downloads of my podcast, and I'm trying to get 700 downloads per episode. Right now, I'm averaging between 100 and 500 downloads when the episode comes out. Wow. Congratulations, Wynn. That's that's awesome. Um, and for our listeners, uh, the book that Wynn uh, first wrote is called I Win. Hope in Life, My Journey as a Disabled Woman Living in a Non-Disabled World. So I'd encourage you to yeah. uh, go on to Amazon and uh, and pick that up. And Wynn's podcast, again, uh, is called Butterflies of Wisdom. So go on over to iTunes and uh, and check that out. Is there another place that people should check out your podcast or is iTunes the main, um, main spot? iTunes and Stitcher, for those of you on the Android side, I needed to put it on the Android side because iTunes is native to Apple and I'm sorry, the Android side can't get iTunes. iTunes is absolutely awful on a PC, so yeah. I needed to put it on the Android side because um, 90% of podcast consumption is consumed mobily. Yeah, I'm experiencing the same with... Uh with my podcast when so along your journey was there you know maybe one or two key people or mentors that really helped you um or made the biggest impact on your life i would say my parents raising me as if i had if i didn't have a disability i mean they gave me all the gifts in the world i mean they still do that's awesome other than your parents, is there someone that sticks out? Um, I have had a couple educators that um, really stick out, but I would say my family and my support system has been the main unique aspects of my of my um, life. Awesome. Um. So with, you do a lot of advocacy. Um, What is your message around disability um, that you would like to to share with the Empowering Ability audience? Always, 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 always look outside the box. Always do not, do not. If your child's been diagnosed with a physical or mental disability, do not rely on doctors. Always, 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 always look outside the box because cerebral palsy, along with Downs, along with your sister's disability, is is always not cookie-cutter. So always, 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 always look outside the box. Mm -hmm. What are are some of the ways that you look outside the box? Or your parents look outside the box? Well, my parents and myself, Right now, I'm actually in an alternative PT program with an exoskeleton, and that exoskeleton is improving my gait, and so, but I'm always looking outside the box to improve my gait, 
and that exoskeleton is working, but now we're working on, as of yesterday, we're not only working on the exoskeleton, we're working on my hand splints, my left hand, because I just had a meeting with my PTs, and they said, what do you want to work on? Because we need to focus on something. And I said, my gait in my and my hand strengths, because my hand strengths is so weak. I want to be working on my gait and be working on my hand strengths. My PG goes, I'm sorry if I pushed you. And I'm like, hello, I'm here in PT to get pushed. You don't have to be sorry. So always, always, always look outside the box. Fantastic. And it sounds like, you know, you're doing that with uh, <laughs> how you think, but also uh, in, you know, new technologies and, and things like that. Yep. Cool. Um, so within your advocacy, do you have uh, a message for people that maybe they just haven't experienced um, being or, or with or connected to somebody with a disability what would you say to to that person well i would say first of all if you're and people ask me this all the time how do i get connected with the disabled community and i would say if you are nurse go check out easter sales easter sales is a world um we now national organization here in the U.S., and I believe they're up in Canada, too. And go check out Easter Seals, and then you'll see a whole different array of disabilities, and they do all the night camps for kids that are medically fragile, so go volunteer for that. Go volunteer. If you're a teacher, go volunteer in your special ed classroom, and just take these kids and make them look outside the box as part of that when like often people that aren't familiar or or have been around somebody with a disability they're just unsure and and that can lead to some fear or you know i don't know what to say you know what i always let people know is they're people (laughs) treat them like people yeah um right Uh, and what i'm realizing what i'm realizing lately is people tend and I tell them I ask people to ask me questions at the end of my um at the end of all interviews which I'll be asking you the same way. By the way you guys, I'm interviewing Eric right after this. So um he's going to learn from me and I'm going to learn from him. But his interview will be out next monday on my feed perfect yeah and i'm super pumped to be uh on your podcast thank you for inviting me and uh we'll make sure that we we definitely cross promote and uh and share yeah. those podcasts with uh yeah with our communities exactly. so um to answer your question i would say do not if you can get away with it do not stick your kids in special ed because what i'm coming to find out is that slowly but surely, and I never had this experience, but I can speak to it from being a disabled woman. What I'm coming to find out 
is these special ed classes do not focus on scheduling at all and do not focus on interacting with able-bodied. They focus on special ed, and that's it. And then they want these kids functioning, but that's it. They don't want them high-achieving. Right, right. And, yeah, so a special ed class is, you know, segregating the disabled yes. population from the rest of the school, whereas if you're in yes. your, your typical class, then it's it's an inclusive yes. environment. And yes. uh, I totally agree with you on that point. When And if somebody uh, has a, a disability and, you know, other people are looking at them and, and thinking that they're not able to contribute much, right, depending on what their disability is, you need to think about how they contribute in different ways. Yeah, I definitely agree. Right? and I definitely agree. And think about the compassion and the love and the kindness that um, somebody might be bringing into your classroom. Well, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, cool. So, so when what's what's next for you on your path? Where where, uh, where are you going? What's your what's my, your vision? My vision is to slowly but surely step away from education. And even though I love education, I don't love the special ed um, special ed system. Even though I love education, I don't love the admin side of it. So I'm slowly but surely stepping away from education. I'm actually going back to school in the fall to get my fashion journalist degree, believe it or not, and I'll be acquiring, I believe, a definitely a associate. If I can get straight A's in that, I would be acquiring a bachelor's degree as well. Right on. And I, I have a feeling that when you're always going to be an educator or a teacher, it might look a little bit different than being in a classroom, but by, you know, having your podcast and being an author, you're, yeah. you're, you're always teaching. So I, I absolutely admire and love that about you and uh, I'm super appreciative that you're bringing that into the world. Well, thank you for saying that. And no, you need to knock it off people when they call call me an inspiration. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I just stand in the corner of the room and do things quietly and gracefully. Or try to at least. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> You're humble about it for sure. Um so when how can uh, our listeners either we already talked a little bit about your book, but I'd love you just to, you know, tell our listeners again a little bit about your books. Sorry, your books. I know you got the seven out there. Yes. Uh, and your podcast and uh, where they can learn more about you. They can all, um, and I did put it on Kindle and I did put it on audiobook. To those who can't physically hold a book, my books go on audio all the time. And I don't do my own voiceover work that's too much. I can barely carry podcasts, little <laughs> voiceover work for a book. But um, my books can be found via Amazon. And for this podcast specifically, they can be found at www.amazon.com.ca, as I said, ca.com. And my books are all over the place. 
and you guys can find me. Just type in my name, Win W-I-N, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Charles, C-H-A-R-L-A-S, and you guys can find me on Twitter, and you guys can find me on my podcast, as I said, and you guys can also find me on Instagram. I'm not very good at Instagram yet, but I'm getting better. And so I'll um, look forward to talking to you. And yes, I'm trying to become a New York Times bestselling author with cerebral palsy. But you guys, when I reach that milestone, and yes, we're going to reach that milestone, I will always, always, always be responding to my tweets. I will always, 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 that will always become authentically me. I will not let anyone touch my tweets, Facebook, and um, Instagram. That's a different story, although Instagram may be the same way. But Twitter is, to me, Twitter, that's how you get into the disabled community, into the heart of the disabled community. Okay, perfect. And the I'm sure the Empowering Ability community is going to support you on your way to getting that bestseller uh, on the New York Times list win. So, um, and also just for our guests, our listeners, um, your podcast again is Butterflies of Wisdom. So I'll include yes. all of that information in the show notes of the podcast and uh, also in the blog that goes along with this podcast. So everybody has access to that. So when I uh, sincerely appreciate you coming on the Empowering Ability podcast uh, today, and uh, it's really been a joy to have you. Well, I truly, in, truly thank you for letting me inspire your fans. And I'm sure you're going to inspire my fans here in two minutes. As I said, my um, podcast airs on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So you guys, to those of you who have cell phones and use them as a system devices, you guys can figure out the Stitcher podcasting app for those of you on the Android side. And for those of you on the Apple side, you guys can automatically grab my podcast in the big purple button which is the podcasting catching app. Perfect. All right, Wynn. It's, uh, again, been a pleasure and looking forward to continuing uh, to work with you as a, as a disability advocate and change the world. Thank you. I'd like to express my sincere gratitude to Wynn and her team, Danielle and Carla, for making this podcast happen. And I hope that you listeners out there uh, really got a lot from uh, Win, and Win has helped you to start to think about what outside of the box solutions there are uh, for you in your life and your situation, for you and your loved ones. And so next week we switch back to our housing mini series for episode two, and if. Housing is something that you're working on. Uh, feel free to go to the website and get the free download on creating your home. So there's this great workbook that's going to help guide you through creating your vision and starting to implement your vision for what your home looks like. So go on over to the website. It's empoweringability.org. And I think you'll get a lot of value out of that. 
I'd like to thank all of our listeners that have left us a review on iTunes. Your reviews help me understand what I'm doing well, what I can improve on on the podcast, what you want to hear. So it's great feedback that you're providing. So please continue to do so. Also, by leaving a five-star review, it helps other people find the podcast. So thanks so much for those reviews and keep them coming. So as I mentioned, next week, we are going back to our mini series on housing, and it'll be the second part of the six-part series. And I'm pretty excited about our guests, and I think that uh, you will be as well. So our guest is Ron Prusin. And Ron is a father uh, to his daughter, Caroline. And for the last 40 years, Ron and his family have been sharing the journey with Caroline with her developmental and physical disabilities. And they've seen lots of challenges and lots of achievements. Uh, throughout her life. And for the past two decades, Ron and his wife have worked as disability advocates to improve uh, programs and services in the province of Ontario and Canada. And for Ron, part of his uh, involvement has been with a grassroots family group called Opportunities Mississauga. And uh, as well, Ron has recently been involved with the Ontario government's Developmental Services Partnership Uh, table and the developmental services housing task force so there's some really interesting projects that ron uh, has been somewhat involved in and knows a lot about and there's a great conversation that we have and ron really just takes the the perspective of being a dad and and shares you know his personal perspectives on things so i think you're really going to get a lot of value out of that Uh, we talk about what ron's learned throughout the years and Uh, what he has most recently learned as part of the housing task force. So thanks for joining us this week and looking forward to having you back next week. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Visit us at empoweringability.org for more podcasts and resources to help you and your loved ones impacted by disability live a full and meaningful life.